It's probably fair to say that everyone has a person in their life that they greatly admire and respect and look up to. It may be uh, an athlete, maybe a musician, it may be a writer, uh, it may be a parent, maybe a teacher, uh, a close friend. But we will see in today's psalm that I chose to, uh, that God chose for me to read and then uh, to uh, speak on, there's no one compared with God and his greatness. David, the psalmist, provides us a very clear understanding of how he feels and I think how we should feel about God and the way he provides for each of us. Um, we're reading from uh, Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will, every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in his works and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are failing who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and give, you give them their food in due season. You open their hands, your hand and you desire that you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him he also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your word, the reading of it. We ask now that you uh, fill our hearts and minds with understanding and fill me with the words of teaching as... Uh, you speak through me today as we, we look at Psalm 145 and how you spoke to David and now how we can learn from him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 145 is the last of David's psalms, and it's a hymn to the Lord, the great King, for his mighty acts and great virtues, which are the glory of his kingly rule. We could expect to see with David's uh, understanding of God's greatness that he will focus on that and lifting up his utmost uh, praise. The psalm expresses all that David had learned during his lifestyle of following closely to God, giving us an example of how we should live our lives as well um, 
seeking that relationship with God, giving him the glory and praise that's due him uh, each and every day. Kind of broken this out into a few sections. It's mainly uh, focusing on the attributes that we see. Um, The first thing we'll look at, though, is a promise to praise God, the first two verses, verses 1 and 2. And just to kind of piece it together, I will read and then talk about uh, the different aspects of, of the verse in terms of having some scripture read. So we're going to see a lot of scripture read today. As I mentioned, we're going to hear a lot of psalm references as well. Um, David and many of the psalmists give us great examples of how we should praise God and how we should be thankful for his, his many ways that he uh, uh, blesses us and provides for us. So that will be uh, much of what you hear today is uh, scripture reading um, and the psalmist's uh, responses uh, to what, who, what God has done for them. Psalm 145, 1 through 2. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Now to extol is to highly praise. David, the earthly king of Israel, adores his God, who is his king. He blesses God's name, giving him praise with personal affection. This becomes an easier exercise as we grow in our walk with God and grow in his grace. Psalm 99 also praises God and lifts up him in his rightful place. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. David did not just want to praise God when it was convenient on occasion. David wants us to, wanted to praise God. He wants us to praise God every day and bless him forever and ever. Forever and ever is a repeated phrase in verses 1 and 2 for emphasis. Again, focusing on how often it, we should be doing this. The psalmists also include this focus in Psalm 98. With the trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. In Psalm 146, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Every day, God sends unnumbered blessings to his children, and there's every reason then to praise him every day. The next we see the attribute of God being great that David focuses on, verses 3 through 7. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour out forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud your righteousness. Worship should be like its object, great praise for a great God. There's nothing on earth that can match God's unfathomable riches of grace, glory, and power. His goodness and mercy are universal and abundant. Job understood this as he replied to one of his many friends' counsels during one of the trials that we see in Job 5. As for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. People of faith seek God and his goodness, no matter the situation they face. Isaiah shares this attitude in chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. We're called to hand down the accounts of God's mighty acts of deliverance and blessing from generation to generation. Hezekiah, king of Judah, 
understands this and expresses this after he has been recovered from being sick and in praising God for his recovery in Isaiah 38. The living, the living, he thanks you as I do this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. In verse 5 here in chapter 145, we see how David the king speaks of God's majesty as the king of kings. We often have trouble of expressing our attitudes and our understanding of God's attributes in words that really express his greatness. David lifts up God's awesome deeds, naming a few, including Noah and the flood, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction of Pharaoh's army at the Red Sea crossing. Now, from man's perspective, not understanding who God is, these sound like very ter you know, terrifying acts. But David regards them as mighty deeds of God. And the psalmist in Psalm 78 shares this understanding when he tells and has us tell the future generations. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. The Lord's redeemed people, having been filled with his great goodness, shall retain a great recollection, a happy and joyful recollection of that, and then we'll be moved to express that understanding and share that recollection with generations to come. God's righteousness is to be the theme of our song. Singing is a fitting way to render praise to God, and our hearts and voices should often be lifted up to the heavenly king in our hymns. The reading of his word and the sharing of it is another way we praise God, also shown here in Isaiah 63. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. Next, David, David focuses on God's graciousness, his grace and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give you thanks, give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. As God revealed himself to Moses and to David, he reveals himself today to us as well as a God who is full of mercy and grace. The psalmist, a couple selections here, will help us understand and be able to, to relate to that expression of God's mercy and grace. From Psalm 86, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And from Psalm 100, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Some of God's works praise him by their being, and others by their well-being, some by their mere existence, and others by their hearty expressions of faith. Again, the psalmists share this expression 
Again, following uh, uh, examples from Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. And Psalm 103, bless the Lord all his works in all his places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Only saints or holy ones will bless or praise the Lord with reverence. If we praise the Lord because of his work around us, we must also go on to praise him for his work within us. We can only do this through God's mercy and grace, his gift of salvation and righteousness in his son, Jesus Christ. The psalmist's praise from 132 helps us understand that better. Let your priest be clothed in righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. Her priests I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. The glorious deeds of God are to be, declared, to be declared to all the world. This responsibly rests with us, his people. Psalm 105 tells us, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. And Psalm 150, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his great excellence. David also reminds us that God never gives up his throne. Earthly kings and rulers may change, but the king of the universe never changes. The continuity of the kingdom of God stands out in contrast to the transitional nature of the kingdoms of Israel and the kingdoms of this world. From Psalm, 1, from Psalm 10, the king is forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. Next we see David focusing on God's faithfulness. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desires of every living thing. In his commentary from Psalm 145, James Boyce writes this. How does God demonstrate his faithfulness? He does it by keeping his promises and by caring for his creation. When we fall, he lifts us up. When we are bowed down by distress, he restores us. When we are hungry, he provides food. When we look to him with our hands open, empty, and held out, he satisfies us with good things. God does this for human beings, of course, but what the psalmist seems to be thinking here mostly of is the faithfulness of God even to the animal kingdom. For he stresses in all his works and for every living thing. One promise referred to in verse 13 is probably God's promise to Noah following the flood. Never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As the earth, as long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. From Genesis chapter 8. That is a great promise, but the promises of God to his redeemed people are even greater. What the animals need most from God is food and protection. We need many things, but we need most of all is God himself. God promises to give us himself if we come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. He meets every need that we have when we do that. Paul testifies from Philippians chapter 4, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Next we see David speaking of, of God's righteousness. Verses 17 through 20. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. God's ways and work in every case are righteous and holy, worthy to be praised. In the salvation of his people, he is righteous and holy as in any other way, any of the other ways of his works and his ways. He has not manifested mercy at the expense of justice, but he magnifies his righteousness in the death of his Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord does not leave us alone to battle the world, the battle of the ways of this world. He is always at our side, and the verses that I will share now hopefully help you to remember that he is with you in your battles. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many verses from one Psalm 119, uh, but I chose 151, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. And Deuteronomy 4, 7, from what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. As Jesus spoke with the Samaritan woman in in John, he told her, But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. To pray and worship in truth, we must have a true heart, and the truth in our hearts. We must be humble, for pride is a falsehood. We need to be earnest, or else our prayers and our worship are lies and falsehoods. God has no problem satisfying the desires of our hearts, of the holy and the righteous. He always listens to the cries of his children, like a mother who is drawn to the cry of her child. Proverbs 10.24 tells us, What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. John 9.31 says this, We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God will listen to him. Those who love the Lord are preserved by him. He watches over them. Throughout our entire lives, God alone shows himself to be a good, caring, saving, and preserving God. Psalm 97.10 echoes this as well. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Verse 21 then is a reminder for us to praise the Lord. Another bookend of what we want to do and what we should do at the end here as David reminds us. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all the flesh bless his name, holy name forever and ever. So I hope you've realized today as we read through Psalm 145, we have an example of how we should praise God, how David praised God and how he wants us to do that, why we should not be silent in expressing this praise. We are called then to join together to glorify God as a community of believers. The last book, I'm sorry, the last verse of Psalm 150, I believe is a fitting way for us to end this, uh, this today as I close. Let every breath, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the psalmists. We thank you for David's psalm as he helps us understand better how we should praise you and the, the attributes that you uh, show us, express to us, fulfill in our lives. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for your, your goodness, and we give you all the glory in all that we say and do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.